We're out on we're at the start of our, our sort of year. We're looking at the purpose and the vision and, uh, for the church this year. We've got the vision evening tomorrow. We're going to hear lots of things that are going to be happening in the church this year. Um, and Patrick, last week, if you remember, he spoke about the purpose. Shall I test you all, see if you can remember what the, the purpose of the church is? It's encounter. Say it with me if you know it. Encounter, celebrate, share God's transforming love something that we're all called to do. So it's, uh, it's a really helpful uh, phrase that we have to give us all a direction in our life. But alongside that as a church, we have these five values that uh, go with it. And today I'm looking at the value of uh, distinctive daily disciples. What does that mean? We're going to use this wonderful passage to have a look a little bit about what this means. A value... I said this at the All Age Service, but I think it's really helpful for us all. Value, isn't it? It's something that we kind of like hold in high regard. It's something that we treasure and look after and think's important. So as a church, when we're saying we've got these purpose and we've got these five values to go with it, what we're saying is these values are something that's important, that help us with the purpose, the reason of why we're here. And so what we're saying is actually it's valuable it's important for us as a church, as a community, as individuals to be distinctive daily disciples. But what does that mean? What does that mean? Well, let's explore this passage because I think there's lots in there that can help us. The first thing I want to say in that, that I, lo- I love this passage. There is so much I could say about it, but I'm going to try and live it myself and keep it in good time tonight. The first thing uh, that we need to learn about Jesus is that he is interested in our everyday life, in our daily life. God is not just interested in us when you come to church on a Sunday or when you have a quiet time, or when you meet with your small group. God is interested in you day by day, moment by moment. Where does this come in this passage? Well, this is uh, very early, as we kind of heard about in Jesus' ministry. We're told this is the first miracle that Jesus performs. Uh, In John's Gospel, it's in chapter 2. It's just after his baptism. Um, he's already got some disciples, so he may have well done a, a bit of teaching and some people sort of following and saying there's something about this guy, but this is the first miracle that he does. And you notice where it happens. It doesn't happen in a temple. It doesn't happen in a church. It just happens on the third day, we're told, so not even on the holy day. It happens on a weekday, the third day, at a wedding, at a party at a big event, but a fun event. Out in the world, a celebration where there's people about. Jesus was there in the midst of all that busyness, all that joy, all that dancing, all that wine, or actually there was probably wine at the start, but not that much wine was there. Jesus was there and did the incredible miracle there. As a church, it's fantastic when we gather on a Sunday and we worship and we praise, you know, and we pray that God will reveal his glory to us. It can fill us up. It can make us feel excited. And God encourages us to meet together. But God also encourages us to go out and know he is with us when we go out. And to give him the opportunity 
to work out in the world. So the first thing we need to do is know that God is interested in our everyday lives. But the second thing we need to do is when we're out in the world is we need to actively give opportunity for Jesus to work out in the world. So picture the scene. You're at a party. You're there, you're having a good time, just getting into it. Maybe need another half a glass of wine just to loosen up that little bit more so you can go on the dance floor. I'm probably just talking about myself. And then you find out they've run out of wine. What do you do? I can tell you what my natural reaction would be. It would be to start to complain with whoever I came along with. I'm supposed to be here at a party out having a good time and they haven't even thought about how many people are coming and we're going to just have, you know, three or four glasses of wine maybe over a long period of time. Relax, have a bit of a party and there's no wine left. What sort of a party is this? Who organised it? Maybe have a bit of a grumble, a bit of a moan. I don't know if that's your experience of parties, probably not, but of life. I mean, what, what do we do when, when things happen? What's our natural default reaction when things go wrong or things don't happen? Is it to grumble and complain? Or is it to do what Mary did in this story and look for an opportunity for Jesus to shine? Mary gave Jesus an opportunity in the midst of all this going on. And she just went to Jesus and told him about the situation. She went to him and said, they've run out of wine. This is the problem. This is the issue. Wasn't something that was too small for her to bother her son with. She knew he was able to make a difference. Even in that little area, she went to him. And I think that's an important thing that we need to remember when we're outside in the world, is we need to look for those opportunities for Jesus to sign. You know, it's about Jesus. It's not about us as well. I remember being really nervous when um, I was growing up and going to church about people finding out that I went to church on a Sunday or went to to youth groups and having to talk or when we were encouraged to talk about our faith with our friends or invite people along to things. I was always really scared. What if they say no and what if I can't convince them to come along? Uh, And all those things I thought it might be because I'm not cool enough or I don't come across as this or as that. And it was just, some, I remember somebody talking to me. It kind of kept, struck me again as I was reading this Bible passage and, prepare, and preparing for it. I was sort of freed from that when I heard somebody say, actually, it's not about you convincing somebody. It's just about giving Jesus the opportunity through what you say and through what you do to be at work in that person. Now, we've been talking a few moments ago about inviting somebody along to Alpha great thing to come along to and to do and it's a great thing to invite somebody to come along but if you ask somebody if you pluck up the courage to ask somebody which I encourage you to do and they say no 
don't worry that they said no about it. It's up to Jesus to make them come along, not you. And actually, just by you asking them, you may actually, Jesus may be at work in their life through you asking, even if they say no. He must, just might have a slightly longer time scale to bring that person to them than perhaps what's on your heart when you ask them. You want it to happen now, and Jesus might use that to be at work with them for the future. Mary went to Jesus and gave him the opportunity. But I do think when we give Jesus the opportunity, he does quite often step up. I'm going to share a slightly different analogy as well, if um, that's okay with you. I think sometimes in our lives, um, we need to redefine our relationships with people that are around us. I'm a dad, and I've figured out quite quickly that I need to keep uh, redefining my relationship with my children. What do I mean by that? Well, if I keep treating them the same way, my relationship with them is very quickly going to get fractured. I've got an 8-year-old and an 11-year-old daughter now, and if I still treat them the same way I did when they were toddlers or when they were babies, I can assure you we would not have a very good relationship with them. We need to change the relationship as they grow up and they get mature. I need to give them more freedom. I need to listen to them more because they talk an awful lot sometimes. Um, I need to help give them different advice and, and guidance. And I think sometimes we can get we can get stuck in our relationship with God. I've certainly been at points where I've been stuck in my relationship um, with God, where I've tried to like be the one that's in control, almost be the parent in the relationship, hold everything myself, decide what bits I let God in or what bits I don't let God in. Uh, and actually, I think this passage just really encouraged me and challenged me because here we have... Mary, Jesus' earthly mother, somebody who had indeed changed Jesus' nappies if they would have had them back there, but you, back then, but you get the idea. And here we have Mary, the mother of Jesus, going to Jesus and saying, will you come and help with this? Will you come and make a difference? And I just, yeah, I just think sometimes in our life, we just like to keep things controlled just as we want them rather than actually letting go and letting God in to certain areas. And Mary does it here. She knows Jesus. She goes to him and trusts him and trusts him. I do want to say that actually trusting Jesus, it can be a really hard and not easy thing to do. This daily distinctive discipleship thing, or the word distinctive in there, when we're distinctive, aren't we? It's about um, standing out from the crowd. But if you're distinctive, there's something slightly different about you. And on one level, we quite like being distinctive at times. It can make us feel good and important, and people notice us. And we quite like that. Um, sometimes this morning, I, I walked into church at uh, about quarter to nine, uh, 
the 8am service was still going on. A lovely bunch of people, very faithful people, come to the 8am service. And I was out in the foyer. And I do do the 8 o'clock service, but when I do it, because it's quite a formal uh, service, um, I either wear my robes if I'm leading it, or I will wear very, um, sort of, normally a suit and a, a dog collar when I'm there. I was doing an all-age service at 9 o'clock, so I came dressed very similar to this. And I looked quite distinctive and different to normal as I did to the, to the eight o'clockers. And a number of people, I got three comments about them all coming out, and they loved my jumper. I hope you all like my jumper as well. But they said, oh, your jumper's lovely. It really stands out. It's bright. It suits you. You know, I stood out to them because I was slightly different to normal. And that was quite a nice way of standing out in a way. But there's also times, isn't there, where we don't want to stand out where following Jesus and trusting his words can make us feel awkward and uncomfortable because everybody else is doing that. Why shouldn't we? And it can be difficult and it can be hard and tricky. Now what happened in this passage is actually when Jesus was trusted, incredible miracle happened what Jesus asked those servants to do was not the normal wine making process that went on back then filling ceremonial cleaning pots with water it was not involved in making wine back then and it still isn't today these jugs were like quite big um I should have there was a photo of them we used at the earlier service. I should have had it on. They're, 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 probably, they're big enough to fit a small child in, 20 to 30 litres. And they, were, they would have been used just for cleaning people's feet and, and, and hands, ceremonial cleaning. They wouldn't have been things you would have put drinking water in. They would have been relatively clean, but they wouldn't have been things that you would have put water in and then drunk from it. Um, just big pots. Jesus instructs servants to just fill them with water. Very odd for the outcome that you're expecting. Not something you would think to do on your own. And yet they obey, they follow, they do something different and distinctive. And then you get this incredible miracle happening of this water turning into wine. The miracle happening. The incredible miracle happening. And we see in the story that... um, it's described as being the best wine. It's the best thing that anybody at the party has experienced. Some of them don't, uh, we don't know actually how many know it was Jesus and how don't we know the person that said it was the best wine ever didn't realise what had happened, didn't realise it was Jesus at work. There was just great blessing for everybody because Mary had given Jesus this opportunity and they'd been distinctive and followed and trusted Jesus' instructions even though they were a little bit going against the grain of what you would normally do in that situation and blessing flowed out for everybody that was there and at the end we're told verse we looked at about it was a way that Jesus glory was revealed and his disciples that had already had some kind of level of uh, of trust in Jesus they said they it tells us that they put their faith in him 
I think that's a way of saying that their faith in him grew, that when they saw Jesus doing this, their just faith in him grew to like almost another level. And they went around following him and believing him and probably gave him more opportunities. I'd love you to think about at the start of this year, where are you in your relationship with God? Are you giving him opportunities to be at work in your life? Do you need to redefine your relationship with him? Where is it you need to trust him and allow the distinctive flavor of Jesus to, to grow in your life, to follow him? Because I do believe that when we do that, when we give Jesus opportunities to be at work in our lives and in the lives of people around him, it really does make a difference. God's light, his glory will be revealed and it is beneficial. Sometimes people might not even realize it, it is God but many will. It will be beneficial to everybody. But that will also help your faith grow, I think. Sometimes in faith, you've got to take a risk. You've got to give Jesus that opportunity and just allow him in rather than trying to control things for yourself. That would have been the easy thing for Mary but she knew Jesus and gave him that chance. Give Jesus a chance in your life. It will be a blessing to you and to the world. And hopefully God will bless it as well. Amen.